Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 3.7 of the Living to Thrive with Cancer podcast. I am excited to share with you, before I get started, um, that in the past few weeks, I have several clients who have graduated from our one-to-one coaching program. They have successfully navigated their diagnosis, and some have completed several rounds of our 12 weeks of coaching. Now, what's interesting here is that... um, Not everybody has been declared no evidence of disease. Some have, but some have not. But they are in a place where they feel like they have the tools and the strategies to move forward. Because the goal has always been for them to develop these skills to be able to create their life with cancer and to be able to move forward feeling like they've got this and that they can thrive. And this is what they've done. I feel like a proud mom. Like it's been such an honor to hold space and support these amazing women who reached out and said yes to themselves. And they are stepping into this next phase of their life. Now, you might be wondering, how does this relate to the episode? It does. It relates in that one of the things we talk about in coaching is saying yes to yourself and learning how to break old narratives and patterns that actually hold you back from creating your thriving life. So in today's episode, I'm talking about why you need to start living your life outside the box, which is a key part of moving forward wherever you are in your cancer story. So we're going to take a look at what does living outside the box mean, why now is the time to get started, and how to get started. So stay tuned. Now, if you're a new listener, I want to welcome you to the podcast. You have landed here for a reason that you may not be aware of just yet, but I'm confident that you're going to figure it out. If you find what you've learned here today to be helpful, please share it with other people you know that could benefit from the episode. And I just want to say that sharing helps me to support more people living with cancer and to help them move from survivor to thriver, which I think is all of our goals. And if you want to go ahead and give me a follow on Instagram, I would love to have you as part of that community too. You can find me at Catherine White Wellness. Give me a follow, take a screenshot of that follow, send it to me in a DM, and I'll send you a free copy of my guide to managing cancer in everyday life. All right, we have a lot of content to cover today, so let's get started. Welcome to the Living to Thrive with Cancer podcast, a podcast about the big and little issues that come with living with cancer. I'm Katherine White, a stage 4 colon cancer thriver passionate about supporting others who have faced a cancer diagnosis and are looking to feel empowered in taking back control of their health and happiness. My own health scare helped me to learn more about myself and how to live with cancer and it led me to become a cancer support coach so I can help others through the ins and outs, the ups and downs, and all the crazy things that come with life with cancer. So let's get started. You've likely heard the term thinking outside the box, but what about living outside the box? What does that even mean? So I want to share with you a few ideas that I came across related to this idea of living outside the box. Living outside the box means you are an individual. Living outside the box means that you are free to solve your own problems in life creatively and in your own way. Living outside the box means you get to make your own choices and live how you wish while being content and happy regardless, this is key, regardless of what your family, friends, neighbors, or co-workers think of you. Now I want to give you a little bit of insight into what I mean by living outside the box for myself. I spent 
the majority of my life, I would say following rules. I was a total rule follower and I've always been the person who doesn't want to rock the boat. I've been compliant and afraid even to take risks for fear of reprisal or judgment or like just feeling overall like completely condemned by other people for making choices. And I've often stood back and watched other people have fun and do things that in my mind I felt I could never do. And what I did was build this box around myself that kept me safe, I thought, from danger, judgment, and risk. And I want to say that for the most part, I think that I have been living my life a bit on the boring side. But the box felt safe. And then my life changed. My diagnosis of stage 4 colon cancer was a complete game changer for me. I had to decide whether I was going to continue to be the passive observer of life, of my life, of life going by, or if I was going to become actively engaged in my health and happiness and in my life. Cancer forced me to challenge myself and how I was living. Truly, my life could no longer be lived as safe. I was taking risks every time I had to make a decision about treatments, surgeries, medications, food, exercise. Everything felt like a decision that may be risky. And ultimately, I couldn't stand back any longer and be passive. I had to get uncomfortable and face the fact that my life was no longer existing within the security of this box that I had created for myself. Now, I'll come back to that in a few moments. So, like maybe you've built yourself a box too and you're nodding your head in understanding. Or maybe you're like, box, like what box? Different people do things differently. So some people do have a box that they, they put themselves in. So the interesting question is why? Like why are some people way out there while others sit back and watch the world go on around them? And I think this has a lot to do with conditioning. So let's talk a little psychology for a minute here. There are three main influences on personality development. One is heredity, one is environment, and one is situation. So heredity heredity is the influence on your personality that you're born with. They're the genetic pieces that you were gifted and you really can't change. They can include your temperament, which involves how you react to situations and how easygoing you are or how outgoing you are, for example. Then there is environment. This is the nurturing aspect of our lives. This is about where we live and grow up. Environment could include home, school, work, or other places where you spend a lot of time. Environmental factors also include things like language and religion. These are the external factors that are always going on around us and that play, I believe, a significant role in our personality development. These pieces can't always be controlled, but can be very powerful in shaping who you are, how you interact with other people, and why you feel certain ways about yourself and others. The third piece is situations. These are the experiences that each individual person goes through. The various things that you experience will leave imprints on and help to develop your personality. Some examples include divorce, death, trauma, and even happy times. These all are situations that can play a significant role in shaping your personality. 
And there is a fourth piece that I think I want to add on, and that's your values. These values that you carry influence your behavior because you use them to decide between choices. Your values, attitudes, behaviors, and beliefs are the foundation of who you are and what you do. They form the basis, really, of how you see yourself as an individual, how you see other people, and how you interpret the world in general. So coming back to my story, I know that each of these factors shaped me as a child into the adult that I became. So when cancer was dropped in my lap, I had a lot of decisions to make, and some of them ran contrary to my beliefs and how I had been living. But this actually ended up being a good thing because it forced me to take a hard look at myself and really question the why behind my choices. And why is like my favorite question to ask my clients. And I need to ask myself that question sometimes too, like why? So this whole cancer diagnosis created this question of why am I making the decisions that I'm making? And because it was really a case of like not knowing if the outcome would be positive or not, it allowed me to start breaking down the walls of the box that I had built and step into trying to live differently. And it turned out to be so liberating. This was the beginning of my living to thrive process. Even when I was in the throes of cancer, I started to look at things very differently and say, why not? Instead of, I can't. So I'm going to give you some examples. When I was still in the hospital recovering from my first surgery, I made the decision to go very public, um, as in I shared on Facebook my diagnosis. Up to then, we'd only shared with a handful of people, but I decided I was going to make this a public thing. And coming from a background of we don't talk about things like that, that was a big risk for me. I was really putting myself out there and putting my emotions out there and putting this vulnerable version of myself out there that I would never have done before. But intuitively, I knew for me that this was what I needed to do. Risky, but I did it. And I'm grateful that I did because the support that I received from friends and family who lived all over the place was fantastic. Another thing that I decided was that When I was in the hospital, I started to decline wheelchairs. I did not want wheelchairs to be how I got out of the hospital. It was just like this decision that I made because they would come to the room with the wheelchair and they're like, okay, Mrs. White, here you go. We've got your chair. And I was like, nope, no, I'm not getting in that chair. I decided that I was going to leave the hospital on my own two feet that I was going to leave the hospital of my own volition. And I remember after my liver surgery, it took me a really long time to get from the room where I was staying to the door, to the car. And I used the wall and my husband for much of the walk. But I decided that part of my independence and part of my thriving and part of my being in control, because we know that you lose a lot of control with a cancer diagnosis, was that I was going to walk out of the hospital. It was a little bit of an act of defiance for me, which I was not a defiant child or person, but it was so empowering. It was so empowering to say, no, thank you. I've got this and I'm going to do this on my own. And I've had six surgeries to date and I have walked out of every single one of them. 
It's a little thing, but it's also a very big thing. Other things that I've done that are outside of the box for me include um, not long after I'd finished chemotherapy, I decided that I wanted to learn how to ride a motorcycle. So my husband, John, and I both got motorcycles. He already knew how to ride, but I had to learn. So I went and took a driving course for people who want to learn to ride motorcycles. And I learned how to do that. And I rode my bike for about a, a year and a half, maybe two years. And then I decided I was all done with that. But this just doing it, just deciding to do that was so outside of my box. Not a risk taker. Try not to do anything like, you know, that's too unconventional. Follow the rules. This was so outside my box, but it was so liberating. And then I just got to decide at the end of it when I was done. And when I was done, I just moved on. Another thing for me that was outside of my box was quitting my teaching job. Prior to my cancer diagnosis, I had been a, a teacher for many, many years. Um, and I have to say that the decision to leave my job was not a tough choice, but it was a big decision and it was a big change. I needed the year that I had been diagnosed to do all the surgeries and the treatments. But after that, it was like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. This is not in my best interest. This isn't healthy for me. And quite frankly, the school board that I worked with for was, um, I would consider a little bit toxic and I didn't want to be in that environment anymore. So I made the decision to quit my job. I didn't know what I was going to do. I knew I was going to figure it out somehow, but I also knew that I needed that time to heal my body and my spirit. And so as someone who doesn't love change in routine, it was really big, but I wrote the letter and I submitted my resignation and it felt very liberating. Now it was me walking away from my identity at that time, which was Catherine the teacher, but it was also very liberating and it has brought great things and opportunities to my life and I don't look back with any regret. Another piece that was outside of who I used to be and who I am now very comfortable being was after my um, first lung surgery, I insisted on having my husband bring me my food in the hospital. Again, old me would have followed all of the rules and though like that might be offensive or it might seem rude or it might seem like, you know, um, controversial to bring your own food in. But by this time, I was well entrenched in healthy eating and I knew what I needed to eat to heal and that needed to start in the hospital. I would never have done that before. Like I said, I would have seen it as breaking rules or being defiant, but instead I turned it around. I was able to reframe it and see it instead as advocating for myself and doing what I needed as part of my recovery. And really for me, part of my stepping outside the box is just taking control of what brings me joy. I have learned to say no. I've learned to set boundaries and I have learned to advocate for myself. So what I'm trying to say here is that it's okay. It's okay to live outside of what you've always done. In fact, I encourage it. I have had so much more fun by freeing myself of my own self-doubt and my own fears of what other people might think. It is so liberating. And friends, this is living to thrive. This is taking control of your happiness. This is living a life that fills you up and gives you joy and confidence and even makes you feel a little uncomfortable so that you can grow as a person. And you don't have to wait 
until you have a life crisis, you can start to push the walls of the box farther and farther until you're ready to knock them down. And I want to just give you this piece. You can't live in the past. It's done and you can't change it. And you can't live in the future because you don't know what it holds and you can't control it. If you live in the past or the future, think about what you're missing in the present. We only have right now. And whatever your life circumstances are, you can choose living to thrive right where you are right now. Don't let your preset thoughts and ideas of what things should be control you. Should is a heavy, weighty word. If you want to do something, but you're hesitant, ask yourself why. Why are you hesitant? What is it that's holding you back? Really dig into that thought and ask yourself if it serves your health and happiness. Instead of saying, I can't, say, I can and I will. And say, I am, I am doing this. And I want to help you with that because I know it can be a little bit difficult to step outside of your box, but let's just go with it's a good thing. And so to help you with that, I want to share with you some ideas for self-care because maybe that's a great place for you to start. Maybe the idea of self-care and putting yourself first, and I've talked about this before, maybe this is not comfortable for you. So let's just start with that. So I'm going to share with you in the show notes my free download on self-care, self-care practices, so that you can start experiencing the value of living to thrive today. So head to the show notes and grab that and just start going through that list and pushing the boundaries of your box and your comfort zone just a little bit and just see how that feels, how that lands in your body and look at the possibility that it will create for you. Now, if you want to know more about creating possibility for yourself and becoming your healthy version of you, your healthiest version of you, On Thursday, February the 8th at 12 p.m. Eastern, I'm hosting my three strategies to transform your life with chronic illness masterclass. This is for women who are living with cancer or a chronic illness diagnosis and are looking to reclaim their life and transform their health. We're going to spend an hour looking at the foundational tools and strategies that will help you to get started right away. I'm going to be talking about the three strategies that I have personally used in my life with cancer. You don't have to allow a diagnosis to control your life. There are things that you can do to start supporting yourself and I'm excited to share them with you in this workshop. So mark Thursday, February the 8th at 12 p.m. Eastern on your calendar and head to the show show notes to grab the link or you can find it in my Instagram bio at Catherine White Wellness or you can register at the top of the website at catherinewhite.coach. I would truly love to see you there. And friends, if you've enjoyed this or other episodes, I would really appreciate it if you would leave a review, a five-star review, wherever you're listening to this episode. This helps me to reach more people like you who are looking for support and guidance and a different way to live with cancer. Hit subscribe, make sure you follow the podcast so you can gather the tools and strategies that you can bring into your thriving life. Thank you so much for being here today. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. And may you live your life to your fullest, follow your heart, and thrive in all you do.